Welcome to the midweek edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. This is the Barry and Adam show this week as Paul is unavailable due to work commitments. And that's a strange one for Paul, isn't it? I didn't realise he did any work. Very strange. I, I, I need to ask a question before we begin, though. Who is doing your F-Watch? I'm going to do it this week. Interesting feedback, didn't we, um, this week the, from the Bolton fans, Barry? Yes, we did. And I'd just like to thank them because they didn't have shove our numbers up. So thank you very much for that, Bolton Wonders supporters. Our sponsors yeah. will be very pleased. Well, they would be if we had any sponsors, but we don't have any sponsors, do we? I think yeah, we won the one or two up, didn't we? I think I think they missed missed some of it, but if they're happy, you know, they did really well last night in their uh, 12th place playoff. You know, got a point in it. So well done to Bolton. Accrington Stanley were in town on Tuesday evening. They were beaten 3-0 by Wigan Athletic with goals from Joe Bennett on 37 minutes, Josh McGuinness on 42 and Will Keane on 57. If I'm being honest, Adam, I thought Accrington looked a, a decent side and especially that first half an hour. They knocked the ball around. They got, they got stuck into us as well, didn't they? We struggled a bit early on in the game. Good intensity from Accrington. We looked a bit slow. Maybe we put a lot into the Derby game on Saturday. We couldn't really get going. I mean, the weather was shocking, wasn't it? It wasn't really conducive to good football. But yeah, credit to Accrington. Um, there were a few times where they got round the back and just maybe didn't fall for them. I mean, I think bizarrely, they didn't. we were a lot better second half and they, they weren't as good in the second half. But the the shooting booth were on in the second half because they had some cracking shots uh, in the game. But yeah, I quite, quite like Accrington uh, as a club. You know, they don't just come and sit back. And the fans gave it their all all through the game as well. And yeah, made for a good atmosphere really on a, a night when usually there wouldn't be any atmosphere created for a game like that. So Yeah, my take on it, if I'm, I've mentioned this to a few people today, it's that end of season stage now where the team in pole position tends to get a little bit nervous. They can almost touch the finishing line. And you know what it's like. You, you you just don't want to mess it up. And I thought that first half an hour, if you look at some of our more consistent players, like Max Power, Jack Watmore, for 10, 15 minutes last night, they couldn't put a pass together. They couldn't trap a ball. They, was, they were missing challenges. Just seemed that they was quite nervous in the play. And then Joe Bennett had that glorious chance, didn't he, with the header? And he put, put it wide. Instead of going for the near post, he went back across the keeper. But I thought once that that free kick went in, that collective spirit, uh, they all ran together down at the bottom end of the West End. It seemed to settle our nerves a little bit. That I could actually feel the tension just ease that little bit, and I thought we came out of our shells up then and played, you know, more to our potential. Twofold, wasn't it? A little bit of relief to get the opening goal in a game we struggled in, but also the absolute delight. For uh, Bennett, who's had a really tough, tough year, really, in football, hasn't he, with his injury, probably more than a year. And the quality of that free kick goal, beautiful. And that, so I think it was like the excitement of the how good the goal was, but also that relief factor and everyone being together. And there's lots of different ways you can win football matches. It was a really odd first half, wasn't it? Because despite what Bolton fans said the other day, I thought we played really well in the first half. I thought our intensity was really good against Bolton. I thought uh, with patterns of play were excellent, but you know we just couldn't couldn't get those goals. Whereas against Accrington, it was only really a ten minute spell, and yet we were two 0 up at half half time, weren't we? And um, to you uh, talk us through the second goal, Barry. But an excellent goal that one from McGinnis. I mean, it, it was a bullet header from eighteen yards out, weren't it, into the top corner? There's an angle from behind the goal, Adam. I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, from where we were, it was. 
just a typical Max Power delivery and somebody yeah. getting their head on it. But when you see it from behind the goal, from that angle, what a fabulous header that was. Bobby Campbell would have been proud of that one in his day, wouldn't he? Cracking header. Going back donkey's years now, but I remember Pat Gavin heading a ball in front. It felt like the halfway line. It, that was very similar. It was one of them bullet headers. I think that's the only time Pat Gavin did anything of any note for Wigan Athletic. Oh, when I've seen the replay of that, it wasn't. He was about 12 yards out. But McGuinness, yesterday, he was, he was eight to full 18 yards out, weren't he? And two players on him as well. You've, you've got to be pleased for him. And also, for want of a better phrase, it's two fingers up at some of those critics earlier in the season who just didn't expect every single player to hit the ground running and if they have two or three games where they don't score and maybe have a bad touch they start getting on the back so I know we've been over it before but at Crew before he scored that goal there were a number of fans who were really getting on his back but he's he's delivered and again you know you've got to say he's been proved right Liam Richardson because he's scoring very important goals but I think more importantly you know, maybe not quite to the same level of quality in my view, but not far off doing the Charlie White link-up player very well. His work rate, at one point, j- just before half-time, he was in the left-back position chasing back because Bennett had got caught upfield. So that's just what you want to see. And um, fantastic, uh, all credit to the lad and uh, long mate continue. Fighting for the course and they're in it together. That's one thing that is definitely in the club togetherness. And then in the second half, we, we came out and it was a, a case of, you know, how many we're going to score because we looked quite good going forward. And then we got that free kick over on the right-hand side. Max Power swung it in. And then the keeper said, there you go, Will, <laughs> have a tapping. I have to admit, Barry, that when the cross had come in, I did very briefly turn my head the other way because <laughs> I thought he's just about to kick this upfield and... And then I heard, a, I heard a roar and turned back and realised we'd scored. So I was waiting for the replay because I, I didn't actually see it. Yeah, I thought Lange was uh, quite unlucky not to get on the score sheet too last time. I mean, that effort when he loved the keeper and he smacked the bar, that was a, a fantastic effort. But then again, Joe Bennett could have had an hat trick. I mean, he was through in the second half, weren't it? The keeper made a, a couple of really decent saves. That one from Bennett and one earlier from, from Tendaizariqua where he, yeah. he just tipped it around the post. And Ben Amos as well, you know, made a really good save. He's not had a lot to do over the last couple of weeks, but he made a really good save uh, from an excellent shot uh, very early in the second half, wasn't it? That And uh, and back to Lange as well, obviously very important role, you know, that beautiful touch in the first half that won us the free kick, you know, very touch and then quick turn and can't live with him when he's doing that. I've got a bit of criticism on Saturday off from some quarters, Lange, but I thought... Maybe not quite back to his best, but he was getting close to it. And, you know, I think I think come the next game, I think he'll be five and all. So then he just needs a goal to get him back going. Yeah, the effort he put in last night, though, was, was outstanding. He never stopped running. Uh, ben Amos went down injured. There was a, a bit of a clattering in the box. He, he took, took one in the ribs. Uh, the dot run on and, and the physio, and they were treating him. And then suddenly, uh, I saw Jamie Jones warming up. At the bottom of the West Stand, I thought, oh, gracious, like, he must be seriously injured. Jones is coming on. And I saw him signal with his hands, you know, give the, the rolling hand signal to yeah. uh, to the bench. And then Amos never went off and he just continued. And I thought, what was all that about? Obviously, today I've, I've seen what it was all about. That some guy had gone dressed as a goalkeeper to the game <laughs> and been warming up at the front of the West Stand as the keeper's gone down. 
He's had some comments that are not the best, but I'd say probably 90% of the comments that's been directed his way have, have been in the, the fun element of it. And I think he put a, a, a smile on a lot of people's faces, including the Latics bench, because they were all laughing at him. Well, not laughing at him, they were all, they were all laughing. So it was a good, a good stunt, shall we say, a good stunt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some great performances last night, I think, reflected by our Man of the Match poll, which we run for every game. And last night, there were 11 players voted on. <laughs> so I think that's the most. So everybody who started that game last night got at least one vote. And I'll just read the top three out in reverse order. In third place was Joe Bennett. In second place was Tendai Dariqua. And the man who walked away with the accolade as Wigan Athletic Man of the Match was Wigan's Josh McGuinness. So well done, Josh. The stats for the game last night, we had 53% possession, 14 attempts with seven on target. That's a good ratio. Accrington had four with three. We committed 14 fouls to the 15. One yellow card for Tom Naylor. Aki had two. And the attendance was 9,139 with 357 away supporters making the trip. I thought they, they really did add to, to last night's game, as you said previously, Adam. Definitely. And a decent, you know, very, very decent crowd on... What was not a very nice night, was it really? There's a bit of news come out of the club today about the injury updates to Curtis Tilt, James McLean and Tom Bayliss. Tilt is out for the rest of the season. He had an operation on Tuesday uh, on his uh, hamstring. So he's going to be out until at least the start of the, the, the next season, which starts in July. So that's a bit of a blow. But one thing that Tilt has promised is to join us on the terraces. So we look forward to seeing... Curtis Tilt on the terraces at Lincoln on Saturday. James McLean, at Liam let it slip that they suspected he might be out for eight months initially, but it's proved to be not as bad as first feared. And he's now looking at a matter of weeks with uh, him quipping that we know what James is like. He'll probably be right before the end of the season. So fingers crossed, it does make a rapid uh, recovery from that. And I think we've seen the last of Tom Bayless as well in a Wigan Athletic shirt. He's got a groin injury and he doesn't think there's any chance of him being back this season. So he's, he'll probably, that'll be it, I should imagine, for Tom Bill. Yeah, a bit unlucky in the loan market, haven't we, really? I mean, obviously, the, the season loan for, for Watts has, has worked out well, hasn't it? You know, in terms of, you know, when called upon, he's done a great job and he's, you know, he must be getting on for late 20s, early 30s in terms of games. Well, the two midfielders have just been a bit unlucky. Bayless has had a few niggles, hasn't he, and not really got in. And then obviously Raya, four or five minutes of football, didn't he? And a bit of a shame, but, you know, these things these things happen, don't they? And um, it's shown that the squad as a whole has been outstanding because it's been able to cover when we have had injuries. And we have had a bit of bad luck, you know, at times, you know, we've... We had Cousins and Naylor out at the same time at one point, didn't we? And, you know, we had uh, Pierce and Bennett out at the same time. You know, we have had some issues there. And Liam Richardson quite rightly said, you'll never win anything with just 11 players. Oh, well, he said to us, didn't he, at the start of the season, when we said, are you going to keep them happy? Don't you worry, he said. They'll all be needed. And, and it's been proven right. We've got Lincoln City on Saturday. A team who surprised us. Well, they didn't surprise. Well, they have surprised me in the fact that the been struggling this season and they caused a bit of a surprise by beating us on a Tuesday evening 
which in the context of the season isn't a surprise anymore, is it? Down at the DW back in October, was it? November? End of October. End of October, yeah. Anyway, I've had a chat with Jay Tong, who's a friend of our podcast. He's part of the Stacey West podcast over at Lincoln City. Top geezer. So let's have a listen to how our conversation went this morning. I'm Jake. Uh, I've been on the pod before. Obviously, I'm, I'm part of the Stacey West podcast, which is the number one Lincoln City-based podcast. Football journalist as well. So I like to think I know a thing or two about the game that we all like to watch every uh, every couple of days and all. Baz, this season's been difficult. I think we spoke about it last time I was on, that we had the playoffs last time. Everyone was sort of expecting this season to be similar, which unfortunately it hasn't been. I think... The fact that the big boys have come to town with the fact that there's a lot of big clubs in this league spending a lot of money on wages, probably Wigan included on that as well, um, have made it difficult for us to to get back up to where we were. This year has been far more difficult. I think we've had a, the, the injuries we had last year were pretty bad. I remember moaning to you before about injuries last time. This time it's even worse. We've, we've had some horrendous injuries. We've had to play three at the back because we've only got three fit defenders at times, which has been a bit of a nightmare. The home form wasn't great last season. You know, we struggled to beat you guys at home last year in, in the state that you guys were in. And this year it's not been much better. Although having said that, of the top 10, only three of them have beaten us at home, which which is quite surprising. So I think you won't have it all your own way on, on Saturday. But given that, you know, we've lost to Doncaster at home, Gillingham at home. Games of that ill, Cambridge at home is another we should have won, but we didn't. So home form has been awful. It's been a bad season. Look, hopefully we can just write it off and, and go again next year. And, and, and hopefully it's um, it's not so toxic because at times this year, Central Bank has been a toxic place, especially before Christmas. So as I say, fingers crossed next year, same manager. Better players, better atmosphere. I know we've sold nearly 5,000 season tickets. It's not looking too bad. You mentioned there about your players. Who's your personal player of the season? I think it will go to Regan Poole. Um, obviously signed last January from Milton Keynes um, while we were in the playoffs. Really good player, Baz. I'm sure you, if you've been around this level, you've, you've seen him before. He's been at Newport. Um, been at Northampton, obviously at Manchester United as a as a youngster as well. He came in as a right back to give competition to TJ Ioma, who scored in the reverse fixture at, at the DW earlier in the season. Sorry to mention it, Baz. Um, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, Regan Paul played the centre half most of this season, apart from last night where he played right back. But a really capable, good communicator, strong in the air, good with his feet. I think there probably are a couple of contenders. I think Anthony Scully will be a contender for, for most fans. He's scored 14 league goals this season um, in a poor side, which which will probably get some headlines. I think Josh Griffiths, the goalkeeper, um, he had a really good season until he was brought in. Uh, when he was brought in on loan from West Brom, was at Cheltenham last season. He's unfortunately going to miss the rest of the season due to an injury. Um, but no, those three are probably going to be the top three. But I imagine it will be Regan Paul that, that takes the award home at, at the back end of this month. Top six, Baz, I think, right, look, Wigan, definitely um, automatic promotion. And I think MK Dons are going to join them in automatic. I just think MK Dons, they're on a run, aren't they? And they're a really good side to watch. They're really good. As much as I want to see an MK Oxford final, because I think tactically that would be fantastic. um, I think for the playoffs, Rotherham, Plymouth, Sunderland, and I'm going to say Oxford, purely because Oxford have got that knack of coming late and, and charging to the playoffs. Not to say that Wickham are not in, in fantastic form. Obviously, they won 4-1 last night. Wednesday, they're the team for me that are going to miss out. And they've got a big fan base, so they won't be happy about it. But 
but I just don't. They don't look comfortable. The fact they lose too many games, too many, um, too many games like they came to us and we beat them three one. I just think they've got that unpredictability around them. So if I had to pick a playoff winner, I don't think you could pick Rotherham for, for winning the playoffs. They've won at Wembley once this year already. So Wigan, MK, and, and Rotherham up for me. Do you know what? I'm quite positive guys for Saturday. Really, obviously, I mentioned there that only three of the top ten are beaten. As that was uh, Pompey, Danny Cowley came back and absolutely gave us a, a tonker in three 0 and then Ipswich um, beat us one 0 at home as well, which was quite unfortunate. So I'm backing us. We've got four points from two. Obviously, you guys are very good away from home. Twelve league wins away from home this season I've done my research I think it's probably going to be a draw if I'm honest Baz which probably does no good for you guys but it helps us inch closer to safety um, you probably take a point actually but uh, yeah I, th- I think a 1-1 draw Baz to be honest good point for us and, and keeps you guys ticking over and obviously it, it probably keep Rotherham and MK Dons at arm's length for you as well Very interesting so thanks for that Jake it surprised me though with his pick of these player of the season, Reagan Poole, a defender, especially where they've got Scully banging the goals in at the other end, you know. So usually that's what you... Which like us, isn't it? I mean, we've got Will Keane banging the goals in. Yeah, Jack Watmore's a lot of the fans' favourite for player of the season. So, yeah, Ray, Ray, it's not he's not actually somebody I'm that aware of, so we'll have to see how not he goes. really, no. no. I know he said that we should know him from the lower leagues, but then again, he did He did mention Newport, didn't he? And we certainly haven't played Newport recently. So He mentioned three teams have beaten them. Three teams from the top ten have beaten them at Cinsel Bank. But he only talked about two. The reason that worked, because his connection dropped. The other team that he missed out was MK Dons on Boxing Day. MK Dons won 3-2 at Cinsel Bank. So I just thought I'd, I'd sneak that in there. The other two were... I guess uh, Ipswich, who were, what, in 8th, ninth, and Sheffield Wednesday, I think, still sitting 5th or 6th, aren't they? So that means that, obviously, they haven't lost to Rotherham. They've not lost to Plymouth. They've not lost to Sunderland. So, you, you know, you can see there, can't you, that, that, there's, that they are going to make it difficult for us. But what I did find interesting is he, he was kind of uh, on my way of thinking in terms of the the two sides who are going to get promoted automatically because he's, uh, he's of the view MK Doms and uh, Wigan, which I think I'm sticking with that, to be honest. I think I think we're both on that that run now, I think, um, with momentum. It's going to be a tough game on, on Saturday, though, isn't it, Barry? So, tough game, yeah. might, need a, might need a tough ref. It, and talking of which, ref watch. Paul's not here, so it's down to me. We've got... A 39-year-old referee from Portland Files, just up the road from us, Scott Oldham. This is his fifth season on the national list. He's refed the Lassics twice previously. Last season, we had a one-all draw with Plymouth. And this season, the 2-0 Pizza Trophy win over Shrewsbury at the DW Stadium in November. Scott Oldham has been in charge of eight Lincoln games previously with one of these coming earlier this season, a 2-1 home defeat, again in the Pizza Trophy, this time against Sunderland, and that was back in October. His card watch is 32 games, 94 yellows, two reds, and five penalty awards. That's Scott Oldham from Poulton. Previous matchups against the Imps, played 28, with won 14, drawn 2, and lost 12. We first met in October 79, which was a 2-1 win at Springfield Park. 
Uh, we lost away that season 4-0. The last time we met Lincoln in front of fans was on the 15th of August, 1998, and we suffered a 1-0 defeat. That was the start of, of one of my favourite seasons under Ray Mathias, but we didn't start very well. It didn't help that Mathias was appointed late, if you recall. We lost the reverse fixture, Barry's already alluded to, 1-2 in October, a goal in each half for the Imps. Gavin Massey kept our scoring run going at the time, if you remember it. It, it was uh, right up until the Cheltenham game we kept that going. Gavin Massey with a 95th minute consolation. We did it the Woodworth three times, McLean, Keane and Edwards. Plus, Kel Watts had a goal this way for handball after the refs, ref watched the replay on the big screen. Yeah, that's all flooding back to me now. Lincoln's form, they're currently in 18th position with 46 points from 41 games. Recent form is not fantastic either. Uh, it reads, lost, drawn, lost, won, drawn. 20 home games this season, and the points return isn't fantastic. Just 20 points, which is five wins, 10 defeats and five draws, 19 goals for and 25 against. So not really a fantastic home record. Since the turn of the year, Lincoln have played 19 league games, gaining 24 points from the 57 available. Seven wins, three draws, nine defeats. Currently on a run of 12 games with just three wins. Very, very patchy form. Over to Barry for the predictions. I think we'll probably line up the same way we started on Tuesday night. Good, solid performance. I can see another tight game like we had down at our place against them. I know they're not the best team at home, but I think they still think they'll give us a game. But I'm going for a, a 2-1 with an athletic win. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think that performance, particularly in the second half, warrants the same team coming out, provided we haven't picked up any injuries. I think the only one we maybe keep an eye on will be Bennett. If he doesn't play, then it might be Derrickwa over to the left and Massey on the right because I, I don't think Pierce is fit because he's not featured on, he's not been on the bench the last couple of days but we're not going to make wholesale changes not when we're winning 3-0 it's going to be a tough game this I think I think it's going to be a real battle you know they'll want to put on a good show for the fans uh, you said earlier in the season some of the fans were getting on the back so they'll want to end the season well we've got a couple of home games left now I think we're going to have to win a few battles in the first half, I think we might go in level at the break, but I think our class will shine through in the second half and we'll win the game by two goals to nil. Saturday, there's a full programme in League One. Some very interesting fixtures this weekend. AFC Wimbledon v MK Dons. Ooh. Bolton Wanderers v Sheffield Wednesday. Burton Albion Plymouth Argyle. Cambridge United Morecambe. Chetland Town Portsmouth. Doncaster Crew. Fleetwood, Accrington Stanley, Gillingham, Wickham Wanderers, Lincoln City against Wigan Athletic, of course, Oxford United and Sunderland, Rotherham United and Charlton Athletic, and Shrewsbury Town against Ipswich Town. That Wimbledon MK Dons is always a tasty game, isn't it? So no matter what form the, the, the clubs are in. Maybe Wimbledon will take a bit of heart from a late equaliser last night. And like you said, it is a very tasty game for obvious reasons. The fixture for me that is is interesting in terms of the way the season will go is the Rotherham-Charleston game. I'd be very interested to see how Rotherham get on with their return to league football because I think it's 
pretty much three weeks since they've last played a league match. So that is the one for me that stands out as the crucial one. We'll see where they're, where they're at in terms mentally, physically. A defeat in that game for Rotherham will put them under immense pressure to go into the running. A bit of team news in that game. Alex Gilby, who we know is a decent player, Charlton Athletic, was sent off at the weekend, so we'll be missing. Yep, that's um, yeah. He's not had. Uh, I was. Got, I thought you were going to say he was injured then, Barry, and I was going to say he's not had much luck in his career because he had a shocking injury with us. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's been a naughty boy. He's been. He's been a very naughty boy. So a lot to look forward to this weekend. Heading east on Saturday, and hopefully we can come back to the west with three points under our belts. Uh, don't forget to vote for your Progress with Unity Elastics Player of the Season. To vote, simply send an email with your player nomination to PWUPOTS, that's PWUPOTS2022 at gmail.com and just make your, mark your email POTS and put your player nomination in the body of the email. I think that's about it, Adam, for tonight. It's been a bit quiet without Mr Thorpe. Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. We've not been talking about moon landings and things before we before we begin. Just very quickly, Barry, before we go, what what did you have for your tea tonight? I had a vegetable stir fry, which I made myself. Yeah, with, with uh, Singapore noodles. It was very nice. Yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what I had? I had a roast chicken dinner, and do you know what? It didn't come from Nick Taylor. <laughs> Nick, Nick, if you listen to this, which I know you do sometimes, where's my roast chicken dinner? Ask Emma. About that, you were there anyway. You know, you know. On that point, up the chicken ticks. Up the chicken ticks. Come on.